0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how SMBs can build personal relationships with customers at scale. Joining us is Craig Klein, who is the president and CEO at SalesNexus, which is a comprehensive solution for CRM, marketing and email automation, and lead generation for companies of any size. SalesNexus helps its customers with prospecting campaigns, lead generation, and the measurement of the metrics that matter the most. And today, Craig is going to tell us why SMBs need a CRM solution to survive. Okay, here's my conversation with Craig Klein, president and CEO at SalesNexus. Craig, welcome to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Thank you very much, Ben. Great to be here.
1: Excited to have you on the show, excited to talk a little bit about the guys in the middle, the small, medium-sized businesses. I would throw myself in that group as well. And we're going to talk about CRMs. And first thing that sticks out to me is I think of CRMs being something that traditionally have been big sales-driven organization tools, right? People that are using Salesforce and salesmen, and it's not necessarily a marketing tool, but it's a way that you build relationships on the sales side of the house. Let's start off and talk a little bit about that. Why don't we just get a little intro from you about who you are and what your company does?
2: So my background is in sales. And you just pointed out the main problem that most organizations, regardless of size, deal with is just the line between marketing and sales. And when we started Sales Nexus, that was the first thing that hit me over the head. I came from a sales background and wanted to use a CRM to organize the sales effort. But we quickly learned that digital marketing was going to be essential to filling our funnel. And there was just this big disconnect of measuring what was happening in the digital marketing part of things. And then what happens to those leads once they get handed off to a salesperson? And we couldn't really bring together all the data so we could really optimize the whole process. So really, that's where we've focused in terms of delivering solutions to that problem for smaller businesses that don't have the huge marketing and IT staff to figure all that out for them.
1: I feel like as the technology has become more advanced, right? the sales forcification of CRM and some marketing technologies, there's been providers like yourself, HubSpot. I use a CRM called Pipedrive. All that are you know, a little bit of a different take on how do you recognize who are the actual people? You know, CRM is Customer Relationship Management and is about building one-to-one relationships with a person and a prospect. Talk to me about why CRM is essential specifically for SMBs, right? For the small and medium-sized
2: businesses. Well, to me, there's two things that SMBs really don't do well and have huge ROI for them if they invest even a little bit in them. And that's number one, just lead response, right? Most SMBs in our experience over the last 15 years, when you talk about response to digital marketing, leads that are coming through your website or calls that are coming in based on digital advertising, they're doing a terrible job of responding to those leads. They're waiting too long, they're not handling them properly, they're not following up enough, all of that. And then secondly, they're not nurturing the leads. The people that come into the funnel initially and then don't buy right away, they get thrown over the salesman's shoulder and into the waste bucket, and they forget about them. And if you just invest a little bit of effort, it's not a bunch of money or time, man, you can have a huge impact. We typically see a 10 to 20% increase in sales over about four to six months with most companies that implement the basics of those two areas.
1: So there's a couple of different things that stick out to my mind about what you're saying and that there is a process for the merger between marketing and sales. And I think the line is a little gray here. When somebody gets through your website, fills out a form or gives you a phone call, leaves a message, there's the initial onboarding. How do you make sure you're maximizing the purchase intent or the interest that they have at the time of them filling the form and keep the iron hot? And then if you're not able to get to the close, if your sales cycle is not an impulse purchase, takes a couple touch points, how do you keep a relationship with somebody? And eventually there's a third part of getting them across the finish line. And that is very much traditional sales. Am I thinking about the process, right? What are the stages that you set up in a CRM or the funnels in marketing terminology?
2: Well, of course, it really depends on the market that you're in, right? When we're talking about salespeople, we're mostly talking about B2B with some exceptions, of course. So when you're talking about B2B, the organization typically is very sales driven, right? Marketing is there kind of because it has to be, especially in a medium-sized company, the salespeople are what the executives envision as their connection to the marketplace. So that creates this divide between the two groups right out of the box, right? And what we see is that, Typically, like we're here in Houston, so lots of energy-related companies, right? Lots of companies that have been hugely successful for 20, 30 years, right? And very, very sales-driven. And then for whatever reason, after 20 or 30 years and just sending salespeople out to go knock on doors, the lights has gone on and they've decided, you know what, we need to start investing in digital marketing. And so here they are trying to inject these new types of opportunities into an old-school sales team. So we find ourselves very often helping customers manage that transition. If you don't come at it as a marketer with the perspective of a marketer, knowing, like you mentioned earlier, the mindset of a buyer when they engage with that form and really thinking about that and building a process that is based upon that journey that the buyer needs to go through, then you're really going to damage the ROI on the entire campaign. So it's a cultural change, ultimately.
1: So talk to me more about the overlap between marketing and sales. I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast that CRM was traditionally a sales-driven tool, but now there is the notion of the blending of CRM, understanding the relationship, marketing email, and even prospecting is building into CRM. Where does the marketing part start? Where does it overlap with sales? And when is it really just the sales team's responsibility?
2: Well, I mean, ultimately, they're both overlapped completely, right? In a perfect world, that's the way it would work. Because even when I'm closing a deal as a salesperson, there are messages that my customers are going to receive one way or the other. My retargeting ads or the email campaign they happen to be on or whatever. And in a perfect world, those should all work well together. And that's what we try to achieve. I mean, that's kind of an ideal. And it's not as if there's not technology out there that does all of this We're different in that we've simplified it and combined it into one solution that's easy for a medium-sized organization that doesn't have the big back office staff to manage it all and connect it all and maintain it all. So the way we make things work for our customers is the sales process instantly drives the marketing messages. So as soon as you come in as a conversion and engage with a salesperson, we begin to learn information about you and that goes into the CRM. Then that changes the messaging that you're seeing, right? So even as you're down at the closing end of the funnel, the CRM's using that information to change the messaging that you're getting. So that's in a perfect world, right? Most companies developing all the content that would be needed to support all of the nuances in their sales process is probably a little bit beyond their scope. So let's talk about a practical example. I'll
1: use what I use my CRM. I think of it in three different stages, specifically I'm talking about for my consulting business where I have a networking pipeline, right? There's a list of people that I'm trying to reach. I want to set a meeting with them, understand what their business is about, and understand if there is an opportunity for us to work together. And so I've built out a pipeline in my CRM that has multiple stages about whether I've engaged with the person, whether I've set up a meeting, am I following up with the meeting, or is the conversation lapsed? Am I done? And the goal of those meetings is to try to generate opportunities for my business development pipeline, which is a separate pipeline where I'm looking at, do I have a contact at the company I'm trying to sell to? Did I meet the decision maker? Have I had a meeting with that? Have I scoped a project? Have I submitted a statement of work? And then I have a separate pipeline, which is, is this person a customer Have they signed the contract? Have I sent them an invoice? Have we had our kickoff call? Is it an active relationship? Are they past due or is it time to talk about an extension? Right. And I have three separate pipelines. And the goal of one pipeline is to drive someone either into the next pipeline or into the, you know, this is a lapsed customer. So what you're saying is basically the marketing automation component of Sales Nexus, the way that your platform works is as someone moves from one of those stages, It would change the language that's being sent out to them in the marketing automation technology, using the marketing automation technology.
2: That's right. And you described it as kind of three stages. And typically what we see is at the top of the funnel, there's the need to focus on the customer's pain, right? Like what is the problem that they have that drove them to fill out your form, right? Let's stay focused on that at the top of the funnel. Once we get down to, as you described it, you've had that meeting, you've uncovered an opportunity then it's really at that point more about establishing credibility. So that's where things like case studies, testimonials, and things like that come into play. So just that one little change, right? Being able to automatically switch somebody from a, you have a problem, we have a solution type of email campaign to a here's how we've yielded success for our customers type of campaign as they move through the funnel. Just that one little change can be huge.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, It's really interesting. As you're saying this, I'm realizing that the top portion, the sort of vetting and prospecting component that I've been setting up in my pipeline, that is really the process of learning about who the customer is and what their pain points are, right? Like that is the learn process. And then the second pipeline that I've set up is really about credibility, right? You're not selling, you're not asking someone to buy something. You are educating them and building credibility. And really, you don't start selling until the third part, which is, hey, this is where there is overlap between what your pain is and how I've supported my customers. Here's what I can offer you. Do you want it?
2: Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. And, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of sales organizations out there, right? So there's the salespeople that have been trained in some sort of consultative sales, which is very close to what you just articulated, right? And then there's salespeople that have none of that kind of experience, right? And they're just going for the close on every call. So the marketing messages have to reflect the sales approach as well, right? So we talked about earlier, being able to nurture leads in this way, right? And when the salesperson just gives up, this deal's not going to close. I got to focus on the people that I am going to close this month so I can hit my numbers. We want to make sure that those people go on to some kind of drip campaign. That's where I see most companies just really are missing an opportunity. Because in B2B, for sure, where it's not so much of an impulse type of thing. The reason people don't buy is almost never because they're saying, I don't want to ever do business with you. It's almost always other things that are really out of the control of the brand. It's things like, well, our budget doesn't start until next January or the CEO's on vacation or whatever, right? We're under contract until November with another vendor, stuff like that.
1: I'll use a dating metaphor. It's right person, right place, right time. And if one of those variables is out of whack, you're either not getting a first date or you're not selling your services. And I can make dating and sales metaphors all day long. They're, they're often very similar.
2: So you just got to be there. When six months from now, something changes in their world and all of a sudden it's the right time, you want to be the last message they got.
1: When they break up with their boyfriend, then you (laughs) got to be ready. Exactly. Or girlfriend. Hey, whatever you're into. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So talk to me a little bit more about that nurture phase when you're going through the pipeline, when you're learning about them, you're trying to build credibility, or you're actually getting to the point where you're selling and they're just not ready at that time or there's something that's missing. How do you keep the relationship alive? And how do you still preserve some momentum so when they are ready, you're top of mind?
2: Well, I think that it can be more nuanced than this, of course, but at a real simple level, you want to go back to the pain, right? And just keep offering valuable content that's basically saying, hey, if you have this problem, then here's some tips, here's some tricks, here's some interesting stuff that may be helpful to you. So that's how you're going to keep that line of communication open as long as possible, right? Cuz if you keep going for the close in your email messages for instance, eventually you're going to annoy them and turn them off and they unsubscribe, right? So you want to go back to I can just be helpful here, right? And then when your problem gets significant enough that you need more help than what I'm sending you and, you know, to download a five tips in a PDF or watch my video or whatever, then call me. I'm here. We'll talk about how we can help in other ways.
1: That's interesting cuz I would think that the nurture content changes depending on where someone is in the funnel, right? If somebody is in the learn phase, doing nurture content that talks about how to address the pain makes sense. If somebody gets to that credibility portion and they're not ready to move forward, you're not necessarily saying, hey, here's more information about why we're credible, about why we're the best. You're going back and saying, is this still your pain point? Is that just because you're simplifying the process here? Or is that really a best practice of like no matter where someone is in the funnel just keep reminding them that there is a way to address the pain that they're feeling.
2: No, it's a really good point and like I said it can be more nuanced. Like for instance, you may have a major competitor that when you lose a deal it's almost always to them. Well, when you know that's what happened in a given deal, maybe you want a set of messages that really contrast you with that competitor. That's a real simple example, but also I try to keep it pretty simple, especially for a medium-sized organization who's just jumping into this for the first time. It doesn't have to be very nuanced. Really, what you're wanting to do is just maintain the brand awareness over a period of time. That's 90% of the battle, if you ask me.
1: For marketers, keeping a constant stream of impressions is always something that's important. It's why you see multi-channel marketing being effective, right? It's why one of the reasons here at the MarTech Podcast, we focus on staying in front of our customers across multiple different channels for a long period of time. We try to do it in a light way, just presenting the content because building your brand is not just making a strong impressions. It is about having a presence over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Craig, any last words for today about why SMBs need a CRM solution? What's the biggest reason why they don't have one?
2: Well, the Achilles heel of the CRM world, of course, is that salespeople hate using them, right? So that's the biggest reason why most companies don't have them. The management just hasn't figured out a way to twist everybody's arm enough to get them to use it. So that's another reason why doing this type of thing, to me, is a win-win for everybody involved. It's a win for the business because what you're doing is you're giving the salespeople a reason to play the game with the CRM. Hey, if you just keep the CRM up to date, then the system's going to do this work for you and you're going to build up this huge hopper of leads that you talked to over the last six months or a year. That didn't buy, and they're gonna be coming back to you. I mean, that's valuable. Salespeople get that. But the flip side of that is that there's a huge win for the marketing group as well, right? So, again, in a small, medium sized business, maybe they're making that first big investment in, say, AdWords or something like that to drive traffic to the site. Well, the first thing they're gonna find out is they can drive conversions with all sorts of different techniques and tactics in AdWords. But then they hand them off to the salespeople, and they have absolutely no way to know whether the leads that come from that landing page or that ad campaign are the ones that the salespeople are closing, or is it the leads that come from that other landing page and that other ad campaign? You know, They just lose the tracking. So when it comes to going into the board meeting at the end of the quarter and reporting on the results of your advertising, I spent $100,000 this quarter, what came from it? Well, I got X number of leads. I got this number of conversions. That's all you can say because the sales guys are not going to give you credit. They're not going to say, we hit our numbers this quarter because of all those great leads for marketing. They're going to say it was our wonderful selling, right? And all the great relationships we already have and things like that. So you've got to be able to tie that together. And if you don't have all this information in one system, you really can't, right? So that's one thing that I'm really excited about. We just released a new capability that literally tracks the conversions coming in based on AdWords ad group and that kind of fine detail so that now you can do a pipeline report and a close report that says, I might be getting a lot of conversions from this ad where I'm spending a lot of money advertising, but I'm not closing very much. Over here, I've got this ad campaign that I'm not really emphasizing or spending a lot of money on it, but percentage-wise, I'm closing a bunch of those leads. So let's redirect that advertising spending based on what's happening in the sales process. That's a huge game changer in terms of optimizing your digital marketing investments. We've seen that in our business and it's changed everything.
1: I think that's a good point is that a CRM system allows you to capture the data, not only from your marketing efforts, but connect it to sales. So you're able to see end to end from what campaign is driving impressions, to web conversions and form fills, and then are those actually being closed and producing revenue? And so that end-to-end reporting is something that's really powerful to not just optimize to drive people to and through your website, but make sure they're actually creating business results. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Craig Klein, the president and CEO of SalesNexus for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Craig is going to tell us how to set up a CRM so your sales team and your marketing teams actually use it. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Craig, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Craig Klein, C-R-A-I-G-K-L-E-I-N, or you can visit his company's website, They've set up a special page for the MarTech podcast. It's salesnexus.com slash MarTech, S-A-L-E-S-N-E-X-U-S dot com slash MarTech. A couple of links in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, we'd love to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media as well. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Craig Klein, the president and CEO of Sales Nexus, we're going to publish an episode everyday during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Or if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com slash newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.